Hi, this is Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 13 of The Life of David Brainerd by Jonathan Edwards. Lord's Day, September 11, at Horseneck. In the afternoon, I preached from Titus 3.8. I think God never helped me more in painting true religion and in detecting clearly and tenderly discountenancing false appearances of religion, wildfire, party zeal, spiritual pride, etc., as well as a confident, dogmatical spirit and its spring, viz., ignorance of the heart. In the evening, took much pains in private conversation to suppress some confusions which I perceived were among the people. September 13, Road to New Haven, was sometimes dejected, not in the sweetest frame. Lodged at, blotted out, Had some profitable Christian conversation. I find, though my inward trials were great, and a life of solitude gives them greater advantage to settle and penetrate to the very inmost recesses of the soul, yet it is better to be alone than encumbered with noise and tumult. I find it very difficult maintaining any sense of divine things, while removing from place to place, diverted with new objects and filled with care and business. A settled, steady business is best adapted to a life of strict religion. September 14, this day, I ought to have taken my degree, but God sees fit to deny it me. And though I was greatly afraid of being overwhelmed with perplexity and confusion, when I should see my classmates take theirs, yet at the very time God enabled me with calmness and resignation to say, the will of the Lord be done. Indeed, through divine goodness, I have scarcely felt my mind so calm, sedate, and comfortable for some time. I have long feared this season and expected my humility, meekness, patience, and resignation would be much tried, but found much more pleasure and divine comfort than I expected. Felt spiritually serious, tender, and affectionate in private prayer with a dear Christian friend today. September 15th had some satisfaction in hearing the minister's discourse. It is always a comfort to me to hear religious and spiritual conversation. Oh, that ministers and people were more spiritual and devoted to God. Toward night, with the advice of Christian friends, I offered the following reflections in writing to the rector and trustees of the college which are for substance the same that I had freely offered to the rector before and entreated him to accept, that if possible I might cut off all occasion of offense from those who seek occasion. 
What I offered is as follows. Whereas I have said before, several persons concerning Mr. Whittlesey, one of the tutors of Yale College, that I did not believe he had any more grace than the chair I then leaned upon. I humbly confess that herein I have sinned against God and acted contrary to the rules of his word and have injured Mr. Whittlesey. I had no right to make thus free with his character and had no just reason to say as I did concerning him. My fault herein was the more aggravated in that I said this concerning one who was so much my superior and one whom I was obliged to treat with special respect and honor by reason of the relation I stood in to him in the college. Such a manner of behavior, I confess, did not become a Christian. It was taking too much upon me and did not savor of that humble respect which I ought to have expressed toward Mr. Whittlesey. I have long since been convinced of the falseness of those apprehensions by which I then justified such a conduct. I have often reflected on this act with grief. I hope, on account of the sin of it, and am willing to lie low and be abased before God and man for it. I humbly ask the forgiveness of the governors of the college and of the whole society, but of Mr. Whittlesey in particular. And whereas I have been accused by one person of saying concerning the Reverend Rector of Yale College, that I wondered he did not expect to drop down dead for finding the scholars that followed Mr. Tennant to Milford. I seriously profess that I do not remember my saying anything to this purpose. But if I did, which I am not certain I did not, I utterly condemn it and detest all such kind of behavior and especially in an undergraduate toward the rector. And I now appear to judge and condemn myself for going once to the separate meeting in New Haven a little before I was expelled, though the rector had refused to give me leave. For this I humbly ask the rector's forgiveness. And whether the governors of the college shall ever see cause to remove the academical censure I lie under, or no, or to admit me to the privileges I desire, yet I am willing to appear, if they think fit, openly to own and to humble myself for those things I have herein confessed. God has made me willing to do anything that I can do consistently with truth for the sake of peace and that I might not be a stumbling block to others. For this reason, I can cheerfully forego and give up what I verily believe after the most mature and impartial search is my right in some instances. God has given me the disposition that if a man has done me a hundred injuries and I though ever so much provoked to it, have done him only one. I feel disposed and heartily willing, humble, to confess my fault to him, 
and on my knees to ask forgiveness of him, though at the same time he should justify himself in all the injuries he has done me and should only make use of my humble confession to blacken my character the more and represent me as the only person guilty. Yea, though he should, as it were, insult me and say, he knew all this before and that I was making work for repentance. Though what I said concerning Mr. Whittlesey was only spoken in private to a friend or two and being partly overheard was related to the rector and by him extorted from my friends, yet seeing it was divulged and made public, I was willing to confess my fault therein publicly. But I trust God will plead my cause. I was witness to the very Christian spirit which Brainerd showed at that time. Being then at New Haven and one whom he thought fit to consult on that occasion, this was my first opportunity of a personal acquaintance with him. Here must be speaking Jonathan Edwards. There truly appeared in him a great deal of calmness and humility. Without the least appearance of rising of spirit for any ill treatment which he supposed he had suffered, or the least backwardness to abase himself before them who, as he thought, had wronged him. What he did was without any objection or appearance of reluctance, even in private to his friends to whom he freely opened himself. Earnest application was made on his behalf to the authority of the college that he might have his degree then given him, and particularly by the Reverend Mr. Burr of Newark, one of the correspondents of the Society in Scotland, he being sent from New Jersey to New Haven by the rest of the commissioners for that end. And many arguments were used, but without success. Indeed, the governors of the college were so far satisfied with the reflections which Brainerd had made on himself that they appeared willing to admit him again into college, but not to give him his degree, till he should have remained there at least 12 months, which being contrary to what the correspondents to whom he was now engaged had declared to be their mind, he did not consent to it. He desired his degree, as he thought it would tend to his being more extensively useful, but still, when he was denied it, he manifested no disappointment or resentment. September 20, at Bethlehem. Had thoughts of going forward on my journey to my Indians, but toward night was taken with a hard pain in my teeth and shivering cold and could not possibly recover a comfortable degree of warmth the whole night following. I continued very full of pain, all night, and in the morning had a very hard fever and pains almost over my whole body. I had a sense of the divine goodness in appointing this to be the place of my sickness among my friends who were very kind to me. I should probably have perished if I had first got home to my own house in the wilderness where I have none to converse with but the poor, rude, ignorant, Indians. Here I saw was mercy in the midst of affliction. I continued thus, 
mostly confined to my bed till Friday night, very full of pain most of the time, but through divine goodness, not afraid of death. Then I saw the extreme folly of those who put off their turning to God till a sickbed. Surely this is not a time proper to prepare for eternity. On Friday evening, my pains went off somewhat suddenly. I was exceedingly weak and almost fainted, but was very comfortable the night following. I thought we were to prize the continuation of life only on this account that we may show forth God's goodness and works of grace. October 4, this day, rode home to my new house and people. The poor Indians appeared very glad of my return, found my house and all things in safety. I presently fell on my knees and blessed God for my safe return. I have taken many considerable journeys since this time last year, and yet, God has never suffered one of my bones to be broken or any distressing calamity to befall me. Excepting the ill turn I had in my last journey, I have been often exposed to cold and hunger in the wilderness where the comforts of life were not to be had, have frequently been lost in the woods and sometimes obliged to ride much of the night and once lay out in the woods all night. Yet, blessed be God, he has preserved me. This concludes episode 13 of Jonathan Edwards, The Life of David Brainerd.